Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 173, and I'm joined this week by Russell Howard, which is a very exciting one. Um, I've, been, I've been wanting to have Russell on for a little while. He, um, I mean, I mentioned it all in the podcast, so I won't go deeply into it, but his show was the first show I heard some of my music played on on TV, or one of the first that wasn't like MTV or something like that. Uh, he also plays one of my songs before his show, and... My kind of sister-in-law, kind of my dad's long-term girlfriend's daughter. They're not married, so not technically a sister-in-law. But you don't need that information. Um, was was watching him in Australia, and sent a video like, "This is really weird. I'm in a massive venue, about to watch some comedy, and Pips playing through the speakers." So, so that's lovely. Um, before we get into that, thank you all very much for um. For last week's love, I had Michael Fassbender on. It was a bit of a surprise for you guys. I like to keep them quiet until I've actually recorded them. Um, like I've got one I'm recording this week that I'm really excited about. That'll actually be, I think it'll be next week's episode. But until I've recorded it, I'm not going to tell you. I watched the film it's relating to uh, yesterday. I met the the writer and director. But the podcast I'm recording in a day or two, so I'm not going to tell you yet. But it's a good one. It's another good one, and the film is fantastic, so that's exciting. Yeah, but got a lot of love for Michael Fassbender. That was insane reaction, so thank you all for that one. Um, I posted about it quite a bit because I was quite excited, but hopefully, hopefully you can forgive me for that. Speaking of posting quite a bit... The podcast is brought to you as ever by speechdevelopmentrecords.com and we just launched our Dark Winter range with an amazing photo shoot by B-Ducks Photography at B-Ducks Photography on uh, on Instagram. Um, and we've released sweaters and jackets and bubble hats. Now, all three of them were available in one form or another, but we've either stocked up or made slight changes. But the new things we've released are scarves that have the, the slogan the distraction pieces slogan of not distraction pieces the speech development slogan of we may not be for you and that's fine on these scarves that look amazing uh we've released rucksacks which look fantastic again we're that slogan and a little rubber emblem of the speech development rat designed by mr heggie um and we've released umbrellas which is the one that i'm most excited about because they look so awesome it's just a black umbrella with that big striking, again, the logo of, of, of We May Not Be For You and That's Fine on top of it. It looks wicked. So um, they're all available at speechdevelopmentrecords.com. Check them out. Christmas is coming. Um, so there's two reasons I mention that. Number one, it'd be good for you to get these as presents for people or put them on your Christmas list. And number two, it'd be good for you to put money in my pockets so that I can buy people christmas presents so it's win-win really and it? it's like a double it's like when you click that button to say that your tax rate like your vat registered or something or tax registered and you want to do that extra donation thing what's that i've described that really badly it's that thing like when you say do you want to you donate oh i can't remember it's a it's a tick box oh this is useless anyway I should also mention a lot of you are fans of the drunk cast and have been asking if we're going to be doing another Christmas drunk cast. Uh, the good news is we did a live drunk cast and it came out last week, but I didn't put it here. I put it on the Hardcore Listing podcast channel. So scoot over there and you'll get a three part live drunk cast in Dublin. 
um, with me, Chris and Stu getting hammered on stage. It gets really messy. Messy to the extent that Chris um, decided he didn't have time to leave the stage to go to the toilet. Um, Yeah, I'm not going to say a lot more than that, but I'll leave you to investigate that. We're still probably going to do some kind of end of year drunk cast, maybe, but it depends who's about um, and when we can do it and stuff like that. But yeah, I've got loads of good guests coming up. Let me have a look at my list and see who I can actually announce and tell you about. Just get my list up now. So I can tell you about a Russell Howard, which is today. I can tell you about S. Craig Zala, which is who's in out on, on November 1st. Now, he's the director of Bone Tomahawk and the amazing new Vince Vaughn film, Brawl in Cell Block 99. It's one of my f- films of the year, easily. It's absolutely fantastic. You're going to love that. Then I've got the Dublin Podcast Festival live distraction pieces two-parter, where I was joined by Blind Boy from Rubber Bandits and and the audience. So that's coming up. I've got Gene Gray coming up. I've got Johnny Lee Miller coming up. Let me tell you three that... Oh, no, I don't want to tease any. No, I'm going to leave it. I've got some really good ones coming up. Just take my word. We are ending the year impossibly strong. If you look in this in this, this second half of the year where we've had people like um, Alice Lowe, who's amazing, Ashling Bay, Ashling B, sorry, I don't know why I always try and pronounce it, Bay, uh, Will Porter, who was in the amazing Detroit, um, Eddie Izzard, Suad McKennett, Helen Chamberlain, Michael Fassbender, uh, Russell Howard, all these ones that are ahead. Good Lord, we're ending strong this year. And I've actually confirmed one to start next year. I was meant to be recording it this week, and it's been moved, so hopefully I'm going to record it in January, but it's a really good one. So, And also, um, I spoke to Jim Norton, who's over in December, and we were saying about him coming on the podcast, so maybe I'll record that in December and put that out in the new year. Feel free to, to nudge him on social media and tell him how much you'd love to hear him on the Distraction Pieces podcast. I think Jim Norton is an absolute legend, and I want to tell him so. Um yeah, I'll get on with this podcast. It, it was great to talk to uh, to Russell. Um, he invited me into his home and was an absolute delight. So yeah, this is episode 173 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with Russell Howard. Right, I'm joined today by Russell Howard. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's nice to to be here and have a, a, a chat. We've chatted on social media a little bit. Over we had a the little years, nutter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's good to. I was playing one of your songs before a gig yes. of mine in Australia. Yes, and yeah. my kind of sister-in-law was at that gig. Oh, right. I was like, this is weird. I wasn't yeah. expecting I love to hear this. What's a song? I wish someone from Man to God. Yes, yes, yes. That, well, thank you very much. And also, your show, it was in the first series, I think, of Good News, uh, was the first time I'd ever j- j- just been watching a show because I'm a fan. Yes. And one of my songs came on. Oh, really? Because you had Great Britain as one of the, the, the Segway things. Yes. Which was, was one of our tracks. And that was like. <gasps> Well, this is what happens. I'm if a you, successful musician now. If you're going to make good stuff, mate, people are going to use it. <laughs> it's going to sneak How on How did there. you come up with that song? What was the... 
Because I love it. I love it when somebody cut. It's such a great concept. It's a brilliant. Yeah. It's so simple. But I love this. I, I I love the 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 nature of and the and the etymology. I guess of of ideas because that yeah. literally came as a spoken word gig. Yeah. And I, someone did a piece and I couldn't tell if they'd said creator or curator. Right. And that was where and it, it all came stemmed from. from. That I drove yeah. home and wrote the bulk of it on the drive home, yeah. just saying it out loud and. and got home and had to type it up because it was purely that. I was like, creator, curator. So if if there, if there God was to speak on his thing, would he feel that, yeah, yeah I made all this, or I kind of put it together a bit. I, I feel people over, over yeah. credit me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 I love it. It's, sometimes that happens from a, a spelling mistake as well. Like, it's amazing how quick, how close, scared and sacred are. Yeah, yeah. Because I was yeah, writing definitely. the other day, we're all so scared. And I wrote, we're all so sacred. Yeah. And then you kind of go, ah, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And we were kind of, I was just talking to my mate about it. And we're having one of those kind of conversations. Yeah. It's yeah. really interesting, isn't it? How, how close those two are. Yeah. And there's but it's, a, it's really funny how little ideas just come from a, uh, and they just, it's, I don't know if it's the same with, because I'm obsessed with how people come up with songs. Yeah. Because I know from comedy that ideas will just go. Whoosh. Yeah. You know, I remember seeing ages ago, I was driving through London and this bloke put a bollard on a bus stop. And there was a joke I did ages ago, and it was just about a drunk man and the mindset of a drunk bloke thinking that bus stop needs a hat. Yeah, yeah. And it was just a little, you know, it <laughs> yeah. just, and it just invited itself into my yeah. life. And you're like, oh, that'll do. And other times, you just sit there in front of a laptop or with a notepad, just crunching over a story and trying to find. And it like it's like takes ages and ages and ages, yeah. and sometimes they just arrive fully formed. I think it's kind like of little the, messies. Yeah, like I, you know what I mean. But I think that that's the thing that gives a lot of artists the imposter syndrome right. because you have certain ideas that just you've not you feel you've not really come up with it yeah. you saw a bollard that like it's like yeah. now i've got to write a new hour yes am i capable of this because i fluked that last like just yeah, i saw yeah, a yeah. few things and this happened and it's, yeah. it's not until you get a bit into your career it's like no i see them because of the way i look at things and because of my ability it's not just this chance thing that i've seen that and written a song or yeah. written a joke yeah it's kind of having that confidence to go, I'll see more weird stuff and, <laughs> yeah, and well, figure that, out what's funny about it. It's kind of that thing of putting yourself in danger, isn't it? Or yeah. just putting yourself in a different area and, and reading in, uh, about different things, I think. Yeah, it's, it's an important thing as you progress in your Or getting career. into different music. Music was a big thing for me. So I, yeah. really, I really got into Kendrick Lamar yeah. during the last um, tour that I did. And it was the first time I'd ever listened to him. And I just thought it was a really nice mix of social commentary and knob gaps. Yeah, yeah. And you kind of go, oh, it's really interesting. He's talking about these things through rap. Yeah, And not, not to be too wanky, but I thought, oh, I could probably do... Like, I had this big bit in my tour, which was about um, one in four 16 to 25-year-old girls in the UK self-harm. Yeah. And I was... this huge bit about that, about why do they do it and trying to figure it out. And that was sort of a 15-minute bit. And I was doing it in kind of arenas. Yeah. Um, and before that... I wouldn't have ever had the kind of balls to think, yeah. oh, you can chat about that. But when you listen to like a rap album and he's talking about very f- heavy stuff yeah, through, through, a, through a rap song, you think, ah, oh, you can. I think Kendrick is hugely misunderstood by those who don't uh, listen to him for exactly that. His, yeah. his, his, his big song that has just got the hook of drank and all that kind of thing, it sounds yeah. like it's just a party song. It's like, yeah. no, it's a song about alcohol addiction yeah. and the danger of it and the the... the 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 power of it it's like and that was a massive pop hit yeah well, it's how like, wonderful is that it's like born in the usa yeah like, yeah, like the old yeah you know, it's just so funny isn't it it's like the old one, yeah. no one's ever listened to the verse no <laughs> but it was it was weird when i think it was reagan started to use it in one of his campaigns. that's right things. yeah, yeah. it's like it's it's the opposite 
of 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 the gay community or the black community t- t- taking a phrase back and yeah. making it their own. It's like <laughs> we're taking that song back. It's like you, you've written that against us, and we're just going to sing the middle bit and go yeah. born in the year. It's yeah. like no, it's not about that. It's horrible. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, and it's important. It it excites me to hear that you're discussing things like that in in big arena tour type shows because I do think when you've got a a lot of people don't realise that when they get that that audience yes they have to please them but equally you've got their ear and you've you've got the ability more than anyone to broach these tough subjects because if it's someone they've never heard of or or your opener or whoever else then they might be a bit uh, whereas if they're already on board with you then you've got that well it was it was it was interesting I was talking about I found out about it and I was talking to, I spoke to my friend Roisin Connerty about it and I spoke to my girlfriend about it and I spoke to my dad about it and my brother and my sister and I just kept on, you know, something just won't leave your head and you're just telling people, it's fucking mental, why is this happening? And then you sort of eventually go, oh, you've got to just try talking it out on stage. And then I had a really interesting chat with, like Tim Minchin put it brilliantly, um, and not to sound too far up my own ass, but this is kind of how he phrased it. He was like, you can kind of talk about anything because you spent 15 years being a comedian. Yeah. You can't help but be funny. Yeah. Because if you're in front, of, in front of an audience and you're talking about something, you feel, if you're being too heavy, mm-hmm. you feel where the gaps are. So you feel like there's nothing quite like an audience to make you funny. Yeah. There's a really good thing to think of that if you've been doing it for long enough, you can go wherever you want. The audience will go with you because, you know, you see like, you see like Barack Obama doing speeches in front of 40,000 people or, you know, Trump in an entirely different way, but there's huge audiences there. So you can say whatever you want. But I think we get into this weird sort of idea, particularly with arenas, like, oh, it can only be men and women stuff or airline stuff or very kind of basic stuff. But everyone is interested in, in new facts and new stories. And everyone hears that one in four, 16 to 25 year old women self harm with a sense of what? Fuck. Yeah. And if you're a normal bloke, so if like my dad was going to watch me uh, 30 years ago, he'd have heard that and he, he probably would have had a chat with my sister. Yeah. Just because you kind of take that and you go, are you all right? Is everything? I mean, it wouldn't have been a very full on chat. He would yeah. have gone, you're not doing anything daft. And my sister would have gone, no, good, right. That's uh, see you at Christmas. Yeah. But like, do you know what I mean? I think, I don't know. I, I think it's really, whatever you give a shit about, you should try and talk about. Yeah. And I think, it's a lot easier to be funny about it that yeah. than like it kind of the similar thing with the sky show we're doing in the minute. It's really difficult. Initially it was kind of, they said, do you want to do like a chat show? And I was like, yeah, maybe see how that is. And you quickly realize like the idea, there's a real skill in being able to go, right. Um, let's play swing ball with little mix. Um, let's throw tea bags at, uh, Simon Cowell and see how many can catch his mouth and coming up with those completely inconsequential yeah. bits of fluffy daftness. Yeah. But they're so hard. Yeah. Whereas if you're talking about, like, I don't know, food hunger or what you think about the police or uh, the housing situation in the UK, yeah. it's stuff that you actually care about. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to be uh, interesting or funny about something like that rather than going, oh, this is me personally, living kind of, I'm not very good at kind of getting annoyed about small things. Yeah. I just. Like, I just let him go. Yeah. Like, me yeah. and John Richardson, when we lived together, it was so perfect because John's so funny about, <laughs> like, the about, about the, yeah. And he'd be like, oh, fucking hell, who's, who's left the Rice Krispies on the side? And yeah. I was like, hey, fucking leave them, man. They're Rice Krispies. <laughs> so we had this perfect kind of relationship. Yeah. But I, I've never been able to 
get irked by small stuff. I love it. I, th- I think it's important though, and and the new show, which is 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 the Russell Howard Hour. Yeah, correct. Is yeah, is I think it's it's. I wanted to call it Woe and Wonder, but it had to have my name in it. So I mean, that. is that something that's in your contracts? Because every show you've ever done, <laughs> yeah, no. the worst I had. I did a show with my mum. It's like the Russell Howard. What was he even called? It was like Russell Howard travels with his mum in America. Yeah, like the yep. most literal. Is, show. Is, is 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 it because of of the of the uh, of the needing clarity because of being a one of the funny Russells? Probably, yeah. Because yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. there's you, there's Brandon, there's Kane. You need yeah. that name in there to go, it's this Russell. It's like it's, it's like the sexy Ryans. So there's, there's Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling yes. and Ryan Philippe. Yeah. It's similar with the Russells. There's, yes. All of these came up around the same time. So it's important to have that in and there to go, it's this Russell. Yeah, um, it's, it's not one of the other two yeah, Russells. Exactly. I don't want them taking the credit. Least sexy Russell. That's what it should be. <laughs> yeah. There's a real sliding scale of hot... <laughs> he kind of got it's weird because he goes from like rock star to boy band yeah. like, like do you know what I mean you got Russell looking all swarthy and then Russell Kane's in the middle and then but it's better to be on the end than in the middle because you, you, you get to be 2013 weird crush or was oh, it was right. it 2013 yeah, yeah. it yeah. just again it's great that John Richardson because again you said him getting annoyed about the small things yes him being number two would have been that one it, thing that makes him go furious yeah. unbelievable yeah, what's, yeah. what's going on well the, the, the thing is this year as well like I'm I only find out about it because people shout out at gigs, but I was, I was like number 17 and I was beaten by um, Hodor from Game of Thrones. He was just Amazing. before me, which, you know, can only say one fucking word. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can, can only like, say his own needed. name. I got beat by him and Piers Morgan. It says a lot oh, about Oh, wow. Yeah. Kind God, of fascinating. That's painful. Um, but anyway, on, back on, on to the, sh- the show. It, yeah. it was hugely exciting to watch the first two episodes because in America they've got um, a last week tonight with, yes. with, with John Oliver which I think is amazing and I think has done really good for addressing serious issues in an amusing manner in an entertaining manner and this I've, I've felt for a long time the UK needs something like that but you can't just do a straight copy of it yes. and it's it's what I liked about uh, uh, this show was it allows you to talk about these huge issues and then there's the space in it to do a load of other stuff, to talk to guests, to have yeah. have different sections. And yeah. how, how is that to kind of have that pressure of, because there's not really many shows that are talking about the yeah. the big issues in an amusing or in, in, engaging manner, in a mainstream manner, I guess, because I do well, feel it has, it's got that mainstream oh, appeal. Absolutely. And it's, it's really funny, isn't it? The, the mainstream, the word mainstream has a real... There's a real problem with it. People get really upset, but yeah. I'm, you know, I'm an unashamedly mainstream comic. Yeah. Um, but th- what I've learned is that, you, like I said, you can talk about these, you can talk about big things and serious things, and people are interested. I think the problem is when you have like a big mainstream audience, it's kind of a waste to just yeah. feed them up stuff that they've heard before. So I could go on there and do a load of stories about my family, and they're all fine. But it's far better to kind of mix it all up so you've got a you know, funny story about my family intertwined yeah. with like, we're doing a bit next week about the sort of the, the relationship between blue and pink about buying blue and pink yeah. uh, clothes for kids. Yeah. And we've kind of done loads of research so you can buy like a boy's laptop, which has uh, for like, this is like a, a toy laptop for boys. Yeah. It has 50 functions, but the girl's one has 25. 
Right, and and it's a blue, it? it's a blue laptop, and it's a pink laptop, yeah. And it's and then there's you know little thing, there's clothes that say uh, junior doctor, and there's clothes they're or, blue, and what ones that say little nurse. So and I think that is an area instantly. It's really fascinating. You kind of go, okay, well, why do we do that? Yeah. And as a comedian, you think, God, there's such. That's my, that's my dog. That's my dog. He's furious about the issues. Yeah, exactly. Arch, let it go. <laughs> See, this is like, it's like I'm still living with John. Fucking <laughs> um, But, yeah, so I, the, the, the short answer is I really enjoy it because, you know, we have a big audience every week. Yeah. And the, they, they're really enjoying it. They're really tuned into it. I've done yeah. all my research. Um, everything's been fact-checked. So yeah. if I talk about the fact that 309 Tory MPs voted against making a house fit for human habitation, yeah. they did, and there's comedy in that to kind yeah. of go, you're voting against a thing being a thing. Yeah. So it's about unpicking things that have happened and then putting a s- sort of a spin on them. Yeah. Like we did it this week with uh, with the shooting in Vegas. Right. I just found it phenomenal that you have Trump a, not calling him a terrorist, and B, the first thing he did was kind of basically going, um, you know, I pray for you and hopefully God will, like, I've, you know, we, we speak to God for you. I don't know exactly what he said, yeah. but, it, but it was along those lines. Yeah. And it just struck me as that's fucking phenomenal that you kind of, that the, there is no magic man. Like, you're the magic man. You're yeah. the president of the United mm-hmm. States. So, so don't speak to God. Speak to the the gun lobby. Try and try and change the world rather yeah. than going. Well, with well, our thoughts and prayers, and yeah. it just struck me that prayers. It's always that phrase, isn't it? That it's get, such a get out, isn't it? It's, it's a get out. Fu- of, it's I don't want to do like, anything. but yeah, I'll pray. But I will pray for you. And, it, well, and it, don't yeah, exactly because right, I just didn't. Well, guns don't kill people. People do. Yeah, it's the yeah. phrase we hear. Yeah. But prayers don't help people. People do. Yeah. And. And that's what we. That's what I said on the show. And it's not funny, but it, it it resonates, and it's an eloquent way of saying what we're all thinking. Yeah. So some. So I love the fact that I can do a show where, you know, I don't I don't have to be funny. I can just be uh, indignant, or I can be uh, positive, or I can be angry, or I can be funny. It can be it can be anything because over the hour, it's fine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas if you were just doing, like you say, if you're doing like a half an hour show, 100%. You kind of have to. Yeah. Oh, right. that's it. It feels the thing I really enjoyed was it felt like, number one, you've got the space to really get into issues properly. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be a, well, this is our fourth section, so we need to wrap this theme up in five minutes or yes. whatever else. Um, yes. And also, I don't know if it's, and again, this isn't against the BBC in any way. I love the BBC, but when I've, I've worked with them in the past there are certain restrictions because it's a public service so yes. it felt the the freedom to get angrier oh yeah all definitely. of a sudden to, to go no this is fucking outrageous this, this isn't acceptable rather than isn't this a bit rubbish it's like no yeah. this is appalling yeah you know and that's what excited me on this because it's got i mean let's be blunt it's got elements of the previous shows that oh, yeah, you've done yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's got the the what i loved about um uh, Russell Howard's good news was that it was addressing things in the news. It was sh- showing f- funny clips, which again, you, we speak of mainstream. Yeah. S- mainstream is mainstream for a reason. Yeah. Like funny clips are good. Yeah. It should, there shouldn't be any shame about that. Absolutely. About, oh, that's not, that's yeah. not very highbrow. It's like, no, but it's an adorable goat. You know, yeah, absolutely. Like, but it's, and it's that thing. I think it's about mixing it all together. Yeah. And never, so like, we'd never just kind of like, oh, show a clip for the sake of it. No. But if something fit, yeah. then it kind of makes sense. And why not give people a spoonful of sugar? 
hundred percent, hundred percent. And it really it makes it makes the harder issues go down easier. But also it it, it highlights that that impact. When yeah. w- when I was watching uh, last night, which weirdly in the advert break there was an advert for the new Kinder eggs that come oh. a pink a pink version and a blue version. Oh really? Well, so there you go. that's topical for for yeah for next week's if they're yeah. still sponsoring. But um. What struck me was exactly that, that I'm laughing along, I'm laughing along, and then bang, I'm hit with a statistic or a fact or or even just a view or opinion. And I really enjoyed the, pe- the, the piece on police. Yeah. Because I have a propensity at times to, to lean against the police, against the actions because of so much going on in America yeah. and in the UK. Yeah. And I thought it was beautifully put, kind of, it was... It wasn't shying away from the negativity from police, but it was highlighting that we're all responsible for a lot well, of... That's the key thing I wanted issue. to do. Well, Because that, that, that's the thing that blew my mind, that, that you can look into the cuts that Theresa May's made since she was Home Secretary and now Prime Minister, and the fact they've got to make £3 billion worth of saving by 2020. Yeah. But... Which is and which is shocking, and you know we see like her, you know awful terror attacks and acid attacks and all this yeah. kind of crazy shit, and we're like we need more police, but then when you look into it, that over half of police time is spent with us when we're pissed. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that you kind of go like God, we've got a really weird relationship with boots, and there's there's comedy yeah. in that, and there's and it also makes you think because we've all got mates that have got shit faced and done something daft, yeah. or we've all got pissed and done something stupid, and you sort of think God if we all took a bit more responsibility. But I, I don't know, it was because I, I, I was gigging in Europe this year and I, would, I was in Stockholm and Copenhagen and I was travelling around Norway and then I eventually got to Amsterdam and I'd had three weeks away from English people. And then I was in Amsterdam and there was like Spanish people and Italians and Germans and Dutch and the only people that were shit-faced was us. Yeah. Like it was the English, it was like the stag and Hindus. And it was that thing of going... God, not in a critical way, but like we deal with booze differently. Yeah. Like us and the Russians. There is that sense of, you know, get it down you. Like when you're a kid, you're taught to drink. Go on, go on, get it down you. Completely. I think that would be an interesting thing to talk about. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, I, I, my relationship with alcohol has changed hugely in in the last five years or so because I've grown up in Essex. So again, I'm used to you go out and you drink. Yep. And you drink to get yep. drunk. That's 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 the default. That's yeah. the point of it. And it well, wasn't we drink until... before we go out to yeah, drink. Exactly. Yeah. Again, I come from Essex, and I don't come from wealth. So yeah, yeah, we drink before we go out to make it affordable, yeah. and then just top up. Just yeah. keep just try and just try and keep at that level. Yeah. Um, but I was going out with a girl who was 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 teetotal, and and she was fine with me drinking around her. But it meant that every time I was out. I had to think if I want to drink or not, which yeah. sounds weird, but I'd never done that before. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought, do I want to drink? I just drunk. And it means I now drink once or twice a month, if that. There's yeah. been a few times I've realised I've done a dry month and not even thought to be sponsored for the honour. <laughs> um, but it's, 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 it's mad. It is that yeah. thing that we have that default. And yeah, it, a lot of the people who are getting furious at Theresa May or at... At, at, at whatever cuts on either side of the political spectrum, you're right. It's it's deflecting, taking responsibility ourselves. It's it like might, you can still be angry, yeah. But if you're not taking any action yourself, then how serious should your anger be taken? Yeah, absolutely. You and can do both. Again, I'm not saying you shouldn't be angry because there's no. some appalling stuff going on, but you can you can take action on your own side. Exactly. And I think it's just about it's about just going a little bit deeper and doing a little bit more research, yeah. so that you 
that you can understand it or you can like for example to, to go back to the the trump thing in in texas that he yeah. in texas in in vegas sorry that he we found footage of him basically saying it isn't guns that kill people it's mental illness is the big problem and yet in february he passed a bill that made it easier for mentally ill people to buy guns yeah yeah so it's just like like i i I really enjoy getting deep into a subject and finding out these little hypocrisies and then presenting them back because in a sense they're more important than jokes yeah because that noise to create that noise of from a crowd yeah particularly an english crowd yeah like that's a really special noise yeah. because english people are not really that easily shocked yeah like you know what i mean or, or surprised but that i love that i'm like I'm obsessed with small noises i love that it's like when you go to the cinema it's one of my favorite things about being english i've been to the cinema all over the world and no one else does this so when the trailers come out yeah. you see the boom boom you know duh, like that and just at the end of it you can always hear that noise of people who go well he's fucking shooting yeah. like and it's that lovely <laughs> little tiny tiny yeah. mutter yeah. just in between the pole oh, fucking yeah. and, like, and it just I love it it's my best noise <laughs> it's the Britishness of not but, being able to hold that emotion in yeah, either but you just it's to. fine to not enjoy it do you yeah. have to share it in that moment yeah, yeah. but we all do don't we just Straight in case anyone's wondering <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do not approve of that of that <laughs> no. film but, I mean, the great thing about using comedy to address some of these issues is it removes a, l- a little bit of the emotion involved. Right. And the emotion, I think, is the biggest issue in... in, 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 in go ahead. In, 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 in the gun conversation. Because the fact is, it's the emotional reaction of, no, we need our guns. It's like, well, to improve the gun laws... It doesn't mean getting rid of all guns. Yeah. There's n- numerous shades along that, that line of tightening up the kinds of guns, the yep. kinds of security, the kinds of checks. It's not saying you have to give your, your gun up. It's saying maybe you should or you should have had to show some ID to buy it. Yep. Be- because of the laws that you don't have to show ID if it's a gun fair, if it's yep. a private purchase, you don't have to show any kind of things like that. It's like, well, maybe you should... And maybe also, that's an acceptable thing. And comedy, like, I, I sort of real, I take umbrage with that phrase that you can't teach people through comedy because you sort of think, like, I know about the Rodney King beatings through um, Arizona Bay, through that Bill Hicks. Right, yeah. His, his bit about that is one of the best bits yeah. on, on that particular topic. Um, or I know about, you know, I know a lot about gun control because of the bit that Chris Rock did. Yeah. Saying that bullets should be really expensive. They should be so expensive because if bullets cost a lot, there wouldn't be any innocent bystanders. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's a really interesting, great joke that yeah. makes you go, oh, he's actually going Yeah, that like, makes some so sense. So I, I kind of, yeah. But it's you, certainly, you certainly don't get answers from comedy, but what you do get is interesting provocation. You bring like, up do you know what I mean? discussion. Yeah, yeah completely. completely. And it's it's... The the problem is there's there's a certain kind of people and it may be a you and I who are going to want to uh, listen to talks or debates on this subject yes. but there's a certain kind of people who aren't and it's why comedy is a great tool to bring those subjects into their life drama I think is a is a great tool as us discussing this with uh, Will Poulter who's in 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 the film Detroit yes. and there's some great documentaries about Detroit about the LA riots about the Detroit riots yeah. but there's not that many dramas about it and yeah. there's only a certain kind of person who's going to go to the cinema to see a documentary whereas yes. a drama has a far broader audience so it's similar with comedy there's more people who go on a comedy night out than oh we're doing a lecture on Friday about yeah. gun law yeah you know, uh, I mean, I'm all right Absolutely. cheers whereas oh, Russell Howard's in town 
like to yeah, go and see absolutely. it. Yeah, I'm up for that. Yeah, and, and you can bring that debate in there. Totally. Yeah, and it, I think it's you know the further you get into comedy, it's a bit easier to to. And like you were saying earlier, like if you're you know an open spot, you're just starting out. It's pretty hard to kind yeah. of walk on stage and talk about things like that because people are like, oh mate, see for an evening out. But yeah. a lot of people will go with you. You just got to stick with it. Yeah, and do it in a. It, in an engaging manner it's yeah, finding like, that line between see, lecturing someone because again is, but that is no exactly it that. exactly and it's that thing of like like it's I think it sort of depends how you're raised as well because someone like like Danny Baker for me is one of the just the best people in the world because yeah. he's so clever he is so wise he knows so many things on so many different areas and he wears his knowledge so beautifully it's yeah. like it's just a pizza and he's always offering slices yeah you know and and it's so he'll tell you stuff and you feel you feel cleverer being around him yeah he throws you tidbits and you and i love people and like that's that. that's the skill if you don't oh, feel stupid around him absolutely it's, it's the important i've always said this but it's the role of alan davis on qi yeah. alan davis is incredibly intelligent yeah he kind of plays the dummy so yeah. when we're sitting at home going I don't really know what they're talking about. Yeah. Someone then answers it and you get to go, Phew, he didn't know what they were talking about. Yeah. It's like, no, that's to get that education Absolutely. so that we're not having to sit there going, yeah, I know what they mean when we don't. Yeah. It's to get that further in- I hate engagement. The, the sneer. And that's the problem yeah. with kind of, I've never, it's a weird thing of I'm, I'm, you know, I'm more into deaf comedy uh, jam than I am Radio 4 comedy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I hate that mm-hmm, mm, yeah. laugh. I just yeah, don't, yeah, I just, yeah, I'm yeah. not into that. You know, when people go, oh, did you not know? I, yeah. when, when somebody tells me something yeah. and they tell it to me with passion, that will go in my head forever. Yeah. But if you sneer it at me, it just doesn't work. And I, that's just what I'm like. And, you know, my family are like that. My dad's like that. It's really, it's really good with his, his knowledge. And he'll t- all, all my uncles and they'll tell you stuff. And it's always done with a warmth. Bloody yeah. old, do you know this? And it's never like, you know, do you hear a listen to this? It's bloody mad, this. Yeah. As opposed to, did you not know did this? Did you not know? Were yeah. you not aware? Yeah, yeah exactly. Completely. And I, I think it's, a, it's just a... It's how you're raised and sort of your background. That I remember really sort of when I was a kid, all I did was play football. Why not? It's the best thing in the world to do. Just, <laughs> yeah. And there's still nothing better than being on the halfway line, gliding, seeing defenders peeling away. You're so in the moment. Yeah. Like more than, have you ever tried mindfulness? Like the only time I can get to that moment of just being, I am here and I am thinking about nothing other than this moment is yeah. playing football. Like, yeah. I'm always thinking about something else. Yeah. But, all, all I did when I was and when I was fifteen, I really got into like war poetry, right? At school, just loved it. And I, I like you know Wilfred Owen, kind of Rupert Brooke, and all this yeah. kind of like in like the role that Rupert Brooke had in the war versus Wilfred Owen. I found it really interesting, and I would talk to my kind of mates about it. But in the play, oh, have you? and all my mates were like me, just kind of dopey footballers. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it's really interesting. He kind yeah. of. Sort of taught, he's, he basically is this poet and he's just trying to convince young men not to throw their life away. It's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. And rather than, um, yeah, do you not know about Wilfred Owen? I mean, to be honest, you know, I've had the shit kicked out of me. Yeah, if yeah said that. Anyway, But, I, but I, I don't know. I think that it's, that's what I'm like. And I yeah. love people who are like that. And, and, and that is going to, again, we're touching upon mainstream again. That is going to impact more people than the kind of, a looking down your nose element of yeah. it because in general all that appeals to is those who already know yeah not those who don't know we yeah. do a thing on 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 this podcast every few months after saying i don't drink much me and three mates yeah we sit in my mate's shed and we get drunk and we, <laughs> and we talk for five hours and wow there's a lot of nonsense yeah but the fact is there was an episode for example where we got on to tr- 
a trans culture, which yeah. is a fascinating and evolving thing at the moment. Yes. And the fact, I genuinely think three drunk Essex blokes who all talk like this even more so when they're drunk. Yeah. Discussing how it's stupid that we're scared of this thing. Yes. It's going to get through to more people than a lecture about, yeah. do you know what I mean? If, yeah. if, if we were all there going, of course, the nature of, of the human is this. And this yeah, but yeah. of course they're going, why does anyone give a shit about toilets? Yeah. So yeah. Like, again, it's like, is that, but I it's think it reach more because it's more relatable. It's also a lovely image of you. Like it's almost like a sort of really progressive version of the A team <laughs> that you're just in a shed, in a shed, just uh, having a nat, and then you come out. We've learned stuff. We've learned. I things. love, but but that's what I mean. I think. <laughs> but to be honest, the way I write stand up, I write stand up on my own. It's just my own thing. But when I write my TV show, I write it with uh, with four people now. Um, Are they people who you've been with? Th- throughout three of them are yeah. and i have a new person actually two new people yeah um and th- I, I and it, we just have really great discussions yeah. and sometimes i've got these kind of gaping black holes in my knowledge mm. you know so for example this uh kiri who's one of the girls that works on the show is really kiri pritchard mclean she's really great yeah. and I, I just wrote a little joke and it was it was about i'll tell you what it was and it was a show that did, it didn't make it in the show but it was this driving instructor had said that grand theft auto was really good at preparing you for driving and it was just like a nonsense <laughs> story and it Brilliant. you know we were just writing jokes about yeah it's gonna be useful isn't it you know three-point turn then kill a prostitute and she's like uh can you not she shouldn't be calling them sex worker yeah. and we just had a really interesting discussion about that and you're like oh yeah okay wow of course mm. you know and I, I really i really welcome that sort of like particularly when you're talking with like trans culture like about just learning how you have to be and yeah. and treating people like human beings exactly. and but and what's really fascinating about it is that the mainstream like we've grown up on films where like how many times have you seen that as a joke in big hollywood films mm-hmm. where guy sleeps with a girl turns out the girl's a guy guy washes himself in the shower yeah like that that, yeah. that is, has been a staple part yeah. of mainstream comedy and it's really fascinating that we're changing our ways yeah you know and, and i find it really odd that people are but what's wrong with that and you kind of go because they're human beings yeah. like we can't do that yeah. You, yeah things have to change and again know? it's 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 also it's the it's the acceptance of being allowed to be wrong yes. and discuss this. Absolutely. You're allowed to say things that are wrong. And, and we'll get onto social media because that was a fascinating a discussion with Diane Abbott and I think yeah. it's an interesting area. But I had, I had Laurie Penny on the podcast who's, who, who does a lot of, of, of feminist journalism, right. um, a, a great writer. And there was a thing I said in that one that was, was kind of wrong. And particularly with gender politics, it's an a very quickly evolving thing. We're at a time where it's evolving faster than ever. So yeah. it's okay to be wrong as yes. long as you're willing to discuss that and have those interactions. Absolutely. And, and also there's lots of comedy in that and there's lots of uh, fascinating chats within that. Yeah. You should, and things don't all have to be militant, but it's like the conversation you're on with your pals. That's yeah. kind of such a real way of discussing it. Because it's almost like, listen, I don't want to be an arsehole. What do I say? What, what are yeah. the things? Like, you know, that's kind of how we all feel. Yeah. You know? I mean, well, the, in, in that case, I mean, this isn't to make anything awkward or uncomfortable. But yes. on exactly that topic, there was, I, I loved the chat with Diane Abbott and yes. the, the addressing of the prejudice that women in particular come under on social yeah. media and in the world. But yes. then in the second episode, again, I thought it was an amazing episode, but there was a couple of times that the joke was on on sex workers and on that being um or, or more on it being a last option or a, a negative choice oh. and that was just something that jumped out to me as I, I, I know some people in that industry who 
they've they they make really good money and they're really nope. happy. Do you know what I mean? So not as a derogatory term, but as a but that's a very interesting point. Yeah, because I know where you're talking. Because it was it was about the fact that some students, yeah, had to work, had, had to, to work go in the sex, in, work, yeah, sex yeah. working industry. And but I'm, I was very careful in the language that I put, yeah. that I put some. Yeah, like that is not how I think it was. That's not not how everyone wants to get through education. So I put that in. Yeah, no, that's that's great. But maybe I didn't get it across enough because I, I accept that. Yeah, because that was it. But, but again, that was the thing. Like, yeah, like because the point I wanted to make is like. Uh, not everyone wants to work in the sex industry to get through university, 100%. but some people do. Yeah. And, and, and you and, are right. And, 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 and that's exactly it, though. That's what struck me. But again, it's that excitement of these things to be discussed and debated because mm. there is huge areas of the sex industry that are horrific and people are being exploited and people... Yeah don't want to be there and shouldn't be there. But there are also areas of people who are really proud of their sexuality and really comfortable and really kind of on top of that. So it's, it's finding those, those balances and, yep. and, and, and highlighting them. I Absolutely, think it's yeah. a fascinating a subject, but on, on the subject of social media, it, I mean, I, I don't have, have politicians on the podcast right. because um, I don't particularly believe in our current political system. So I don't yeah. have allegiance either side. And I feel it would be unfair to have have one and not the other or whatever else. But what I loved about, like I saw Diane Abbott was going to be the guest and I was a little yeah. bit, all right, it's, it's not really my kind of thing. Yes. But it was amazing because she yeah. was there as a guest speaking about the horrible things that she's g- 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 gone through and been yeah. attacked for. And it was yeah. a real, it really highlighted what the women have to go through. And again, there will be certain people who are now going, oh, it's tough for men too. And it's like, it can be tough for more than yeah, one person. Yeah. It's not uh, to accept the hardships that women have to go through on social media and just a walking down the street on a Saturday night yeah. or a Friday night to accept that isn't to take away from what anyone else goes <laughs> yeah, through. You exactly. Can, you yeah, can have yeah. apathy and for both yeah, is, yeah. is acceptable. Yeah. Or exactly. empathy. Sorry. Well, but it's, it's weird, isn't it? Like, you know, the, the person I often think of with this is uh, Josie Long. Yeah. She's such a, you know, she's a great comic and like, but Josie, from 17 just used to get shit yeah. because you know she she wanted to be a stand up she started doing comedy and mm-hmm. that was all she did yeah. you know and the, the, the level of booze she got was mad and but particularly I, at that point she wasn't even political in her comedy at all well she was an open spot she was yeah. starting she was yeah. a 17 year old girl who who want, he was you know into Vic and Bob and wanted to be a stand up yeah. and just was dicking about as we all are when we were kids but it was like I can't imagine what it'd be like now for you know younger people coming through because i don't really go on social media because what i i love social media for i like making things and then putting them on facebook or youtube and then letting them fly that direct interaction with your fan base kind of thing well i just like direct access i've made it i've made a thing for you here it is yeah but in terms of sort of the idea that you know if you were going to mock the week when you're a kid and then you get in and, you know, people are just, just smashing you. It must be awful. Mm. Like, I wouldn't be able to do that. Um, when I started, it was like MySpace. Yeah. And that was kind of bad enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I'd, the thing that's so sad about it all is that it just feels like Twitter... It just feels like the whole... Like, there are words that I thought were extinct... It turns out they're not, yeah. and they've never been more prevalent. And that's the freaky thing that you kind of like. Some of the things that are said about Diane Abbott were the kind of things that you only ever used to see on, you know, garage doors. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. like yeah. in um, like, like late night uh, petrol stations. Yeah, like it's 
it's kind of all there and and it's not just twitter it's like the daily mail online there's always yeah. comments and whatever you think of diane abbott politically or anyone politically like when you're you know when you're kind of like the level of slurs like you just have to have a cursory look at what people call her and yeah. it's just like I mean, and yet every day she still does her job. You have to have respect for somebody that does that because she's 100%. having rocks thrown at her on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, she's having death threats. She, people are threatening, well, that's the thing threatening to throw acid in her that's face the thing and that's rape tough her. too is people you know? can say, oh, it's just the internet. It's, number one, it's not just the internet. That's yeah. going to a real person. But number two, oh, we've had what happened to Joe Cox. Completely, so it's man, not yeah. just the internet. A death threat can't just be shaken off or isn't going to be easy to just shake off yeah. when one of your colleagues has had a death threat that was then followed through on. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's horrific to say, oh, just ignore it. Just take it with a pinch of salt. It's like, no, but also, but also terrifying. The, but even if that hadn't happened, it, it's still a death threat. It's yeah. still a, you know, like, and it's just, I'll oh, shake it off. Well, it's part of the job. It's like, it isn't fucking part, part of the job. The job. Like for, but for yeah. any of us, just... It just feels like we're in a real cycle of violence in, yeah. this, in, in, the, in the world at the minute. But the UK as well, it's just... It's just just very very frightening is that thing do you ever think about do you ever think about just going somewhere where it's all just on a beach you're in a little constantly hut? yeah, I, yeah. I, at every point i have um, my last social media post planned <laughs> so it's changed numerous times of what it'll be sometimes it's a music video sometimes it's this yeah. like but always have in my head what it's going to be just i'll post that and then i've got the advantage all i need to do is have a shave Yes. No one's going to know who the fuck I am. <laughs> it's like I can avoid all, all attention from my fan, but just bang, gone. How long does it take to grow that? Because it's pretty I've, powerful. I've no idea. I've had it a long time. Have so you? it's kind of, I've, I've had it. The problem with this beard. When did is, you get rid of it last? So 2004 or five. Wow. So that long. Yeah. But that's the problem with this beard is it's a hipster beard, but right. it wasn't uh, when I grew it. Yes. But to say I had it before it was cool is the most hipster thing of the yes. world. So by default, it's just, yeah. it's a never ending circle of, yeah. of ultimate hipsterism. Um, it's painful and unpleasant, but you know, I, I carry that burden. But you carry it well. <laughs> I, can, I can like, I'm very envious of men who can grow beards. I just yeah. can't. Is it just not? It doesn't happen. It, goes it doesn't a bit, get there. A bit gingery. And it's just like they're, they never intertwine. They're just kind of long individual hairs that come out of their face. <laughs> I but like then, the like, idea of that. It's a, a horrifying image. Yeah, they, you know, it's a bit like, you know, when you push Play-Doh, yeah. it just comes yeah, out in individual bits. bits. Just come out stranded and, and, and there. So, um, I think we've, we've, we're done with social media there really but it does just it stuns me as you said the language and the thing i think that people get or the phrase that people use that i think is a slight mistake is that social media has taken us back 20 years i think social media has made us have to confront how far we hadn't come that's more really, than anything that's a really beautiful way of putting it you know it's it, yeah. it's just highlighted those people were there they were just yeah. silent about it i guess well i think now they've got that anonymity and can express it without yeah. uh and also brexit responsibility really brought that out as well yeah. it kind of gave a legitimacy to that kind of rabid nationalism yeah and sort of like you know the facts that you know like my, my tour manager is um is asian and we were having a really interesting debate about this as we were traveling around the world. And he was just sort of saying that, you know, he had, he, somebody called him something that he hadn't been called since he was a kid and he just mm. couldn't believe it. And it was in his hometown and he was just like, what, you know? And I think that's, that's what's sad that it is. It, it doesn't just exist on the internet. It's kind of seeping onto the high street and mm. it's being daubed on walls again. And I don't know. That's what saddens me that there's got to be a way 
of fixing it all because fundamentally we all get on we're all yeah but but it just feels like we've never been more divided and never been angrier and you kind of go how how do we do that how do we what what, how do we connect again because feel like the euphoria that we had at like something like the olympics yeah when there was a real sort of togetherness in the country or moments like like the only ones i can think of is moments like sport when kind of Mo Farah ran f- for us. Yeah. One, what, it's an amazing moment of sort of multiculturalism that everybody was like, go on, go on, yeah! yeah! And we, you know, he won for us and we were with him every step. Yeah. But other than sport, I can't really I think what it I is. Couldn't, I couldn't relate more to that. I've, I've grown up as a Millwall fan and I've yeah. been going to Millwall since I was, I was five or six. And yeah. Millwall and South London in particular has got a great history of racism and, yeah. and conflict in that way. And I remember when... We signed a winger called Etienne Vavir, who was a black guy and was really good. And seeing these people who don't like blacks suddenly being like, "Oh, but he's great. He's winning. Yeah. He's getting us up the league. He's yeah. doing. He's doing great." And then we had S- Stephen Reed and Tim and just all these different people. And it's like sport was what started to win a lot of people over there. Yeah. So it is a real thing. It is a real. That is is something that brings us together. But I think what is it other than that? That's the thing. Like that. That, that that's kind of what I'd. Like, it's interesting because the Tories were attacked a few years ago for the idea of, like, trying to figure out the happiness of the nation. Do you remember that? We're going to teach yeah. ha- happiness. And I kind of thought, I think that's something that we should be trying to do. Yeah. Because if you spend time, particularly if you spend time in Scandinavia, you kind of go, it feels like they've kind of got it cracked happier. a bit. Yeah. yeah. The, and Completely. I don't know what it is about us, but it just feels like that we're, I don't know, there's there's something really sad about this land at the minute. Yeah. And, and, and and it really upsets me because I love it and I love us and I just want it to be better, but it feels like it's just getting worse and there's a a meanness to us. And and I I think the thing that needs to be highlighted is that the problem is on both sides. Absolutely. And it it really, and and it's great that you mentioned um, a positive thing from the Tories there. Cause, cause that's, that's, that's something that a lot of us don't want to accept. And I think, part of the problem of the rise of racist attacks and slurs and things like that after Brexit was, and not wholly, I, I mentioned th- th- this online and it reminded me why I don't talk about complex subjects on social media that has a limit of 140 yeah. characters because yeah, yeah, it's yeah, hard yeah. to get things across. But yeah. the fact that when Brexit happened, everyone, including me, admittedly I didn't tweet about it, but I was thinking it and talking it to my mates going, well, this the majority of this country is racist. Yeah, Everyone that voted for Brexit is racist. And the fact is, they're not. No. A lot of them were scared. A lot of them were confused. A lot of them were protest votes. But everyone saying that the majority is racist then gave the the racist minority the feeling, oh, I can be open about this. I can attack someone on a on a bus and everyone's on my side. We're now the majority. And I think that's what kind of... Well, that's it, the, there's both sides there. But that's the legacy of it. And yeah. I think that's why... That's why people are so upset by Brexit because, let's like you say, it gave a legitimacy to that very, that, the very, very small amount yeah. of idiots. Because there are people that you know they voted for Brexit for, for you know financial reasons or for you know they thought they were going to get three hundred and fifty million for the NHS, including some of my cousins yeah. who work in the NHS. They mm-hmm. voted for it for that, you it's know. Crazy. But there was a very small amount that um, that were you know were out and out racists yeah. and. That they just it just gave them power and it was yeah. just sad, but it'll get better. It has yeah. to, you know. And, and how? How? And how, how, how? Or, or again, <laughs> this isn't to put the pressure on you, but <laughs> wow. genuinely, I don't think there's a single answer. But I think there's yes. there's multiple things that come to that. It always annoyed me when um, Springsteen 
cancelled his tour in the states that had banned trans people using the toilet that they identify with. He he cancelled that, and I did a tweet saying how great that was, and someone said, "Well, that's not going to solve it, is it?" I was like, "Well, no, but if you're looking for for one solution, you're never going to find it. But having a show that is mainstream but has people on like." the doctor that came on and oh, talked Adam. about his book and yeah, yeah. yeah and and spoke about the NHS now Adam isn't a famous person yes you've not had a famous person on and it's it's uh, 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 not to get self referential and 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 comparison wise here but one of the points when I started this podcast I said to people all the time was I enjoyed the Jonathan Arosh show it yeah. got big viewers and he'd have four or five big A-listers every week. Yes. He would get the same amount of viewers if he had three or four big A-listers and one or two people that they've not heard of yep. but have got important causes. And that's what I tried to do with the podcast, have Russell Brand as the first one, but yep. soon after have, have have Dr. Susie Gage talking yes. about the misperceptions of recreational drugs and, and things like that. And that's what excited me um, about Adam on, on, on the show. And he happens to be a very engaging and witty and charismatic person, so yes. that helps. But yes. it was getting important points across of... As he, he put it brilliantly in when he said that everyone who is a doctor was essentially a straight-A student. Yes. So at some point in their career, they've gone, what do I want to do? Do, do, do I want to go to the stock markets or wherever else and make millions, or do I want to help people? Exactly, so yeah. when Gove or whoever is turning around and saying that the strikes are doctors being greedy, it's like, yes. no, it's not. It's doctors... Are, are wanting a level of equality, are wanting better compensation for the work they do. It's ludicrous to think anyone would choose that industry, Absolutely. particularly when there is private healthcare as an option as well, Completely where you can make a lot of money. So the NHS strikes can't be about greed. It's Absolutely. impossible. Well, the interesting thing is that if the NHS does get privatised, which you could argue is what the NHS, well, what Hunt is trying to do, he's trying yeah. to break it. To so run it down into to the ground. run it so you yeah. privatise it. What will happen as a result of that, two things will happen. You'll have had, you'll have had a shortage of doctors because fewer and fewer people are going to go into the NHS. Yeah. And the other thing that will happen, the doctors that are there, they're going to be absolutely minted. Yeah. So if, if the NHS was privatised, doctors would be as well off as they are in America. Yeah. But the very fact that you have doctors marching against that because they all sign up, because they all believe in the concept of the nhs yeah. that they're all irrespective of their backgrounds they are drawn to it as a cause they're yeah. they're soldiers that believe yeah. in it you know and they you know i mean my girlfriend's a doctor and um you know i've kind of seen firsthand that there isn't like it still blows my mind and it's not just doctors it blows my mind when you look at the wage um packet of a doctor mm. and there's a deduction for their car parking that they have to pay for, and you know, they have to pay like twenty quid a month for car parking, and that's nurses, that's anyone, because the NHS don't own the car parks; they're sold off. And it's just this thing of like, how the fuck is this happening? Like, yeah. it seems like such a fundamental, like, like the the idea that like there's somebody in the hospital who isn't very well, and the doctor is having to pay to park to yeah. go and make that person better, like that. For me, that cuts through any political allegiance to say that's fucking idiocy. Yeah. That put the expert as close as possible to the ill people, yeah. let them drive, park for free, yeah. fix them, and then let them go home. Yeah. Like, but the, the, to, to penalise them for the audacity of taking their car yeah. to work is yeah. just phenomenal to me. And often taking their car to work because 
the shifts they're working, there won't be public transport as an option yeah. at that point. Then you know, I mean, you, exactly, you're, you're yeah. having to do that. Um, and we, the, and that, gone are those days where you can write like doctor outside the house. Yeah, because we haven't got that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's 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 kind of the 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 arguments. The only time I'll ever see arguments against the NHS is when someone's saying. I waited for four hours, I waited for five hours, six hours. It's like, well, what I always try and say to them or want to say to them is, how much would you pay to not wait for five hours? Yeah. Because if it was private, you wouldn't be in there. Yeah. For whatever it is, let's say, would you pay 10 grand to not wait that four hours? Yeah. Because that's what privatisation is. That's having a bill and a fee and a cost on being seen and being looked at and this kind of thing. It's like... I'd I'd take four or five hours over a ten grand bill. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd wait. Yeah, well, I know? think one of the ideas that's been suggested is that people, once they've used the NHS, they should be given a bill, and not have to pay that bill, but a bill to show you just how much you've had spent on you. Yeah, and that would yeah. really make you think, wow, geez, like, you know, all that. And the other thing yeah. that's really interesting is that it's all part of the bigger problem because bed. Um, people waiting over 12 hours on a trolley waiting for a bed has gone up 10,000% in the last five years. Mm -hmm. That is, that's an astonishing, like it's gone up. That's insane. 10,000% waiting on a trolley for 12 hours. And the reason why that's gone up is for several reasons. One of the biggest things is it's the, the fact that we don't, it it, is to do with elderly care. So Mm. because, uh, it's very hard now to buy a house where you grew up because right. house prices are going up. So you have to move away from your family yeah. to, to, you know, to find somewhere to live. And then pe- people get old. So our parents get older, our grandparents get old, and we don't really look after old people in the yeah. way that we used to. So they're in old folks' homes, or they haven't got an old folks' home, but they're in that old house they always used to live in. But they're not really fit and able to look after themselves. But because their family has moved away yeah. from the original house the doctors can't send the people, the sick people who are blocking the beds back to their house because they can't look after themselves. And that's the kind of mess. That's one facet of it. And, and it's just about, I often think maybe a way of fixing it all. Like they, they apparently like eight people, eight blokes own 48% of the wealth in the world. We need to catfish some of them. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, it's that weird thing where you kind of go, if we, if we could sort of like, take all their money and fix things yeah. wouldn't that be amazing like just like just to kind of I'd love get it get Paul McKenna out there I'd love it if, <laughs> if one of them turned around and went you know what I'm calling it a day yeah. I'm going to solve this because yeah. if I die yeah. and give my money Can you to the world yeah. then a lot of things will be sorted and I don't think that my individual life is worth every or the, the millions of lives yeah. that I could change and save it would be amazing think, if that happened I often think that but I just you know if you had if you had like you know tens of billions just keep a billion for you that's yeah, safe yeah but then give the other 20 away I yeah just, and, and that's the thing that again, no one's taking your billion it's part of our society that we we no longer have 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 limits on what on what we want yes we've, we've built a society where we always want more and yeah. that's or we've been told that having more is the good thing yes you, you, no one as you said gets to their limit and goes whew I reckon I'm good now. I reckon also, I've, I've got a nice house. I've got my family. Yeah. We're sorted for life. But that is also human nature, though. It's a yeah. sa- that's a sa- but that's about recalibrating ourselves because yeah. it, there is, like, that isn't, and everyone kind of feels like that, doesn't it? Like, yeah. it, it sort of doesn't matter. 
those like you have a house and you really like it and then you think oh you know we're always looking for the next big thing yeah but how do you change that yeah yeah it's a tough one but and and just to 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 wrap things up on the nhs i think the problem is that the solution isn't to take money out is to put money in right it's to, that is the solution to, to incentivize more people to become doctors to be yeah. doctors to to be nurses and porters and all the other really important roles like let's not just highlight the doctors Absolutely. chains and chains a, a friend of mine it stunned me actually he's he's a porter yeah that's it john, it was john <laughs> um we've got Gosh. a fan um but he he was in our local papers because yeah. he's he's worked in the hospital f- for years and a guy had a heart attack out the front yeah. and he gave him CPR and kept him alive until the doctors got there and the stunning part there was the shock over the fact that he knew CPR because he'd learned that on a course he'd taken himself on right and no one else knew and it was it's that that craziness of there's so little funding and support that the porters and people there aren't even yeah. getting the training paid for them that they would like he's yeah. he he'd gone off and learned that himself so it stunned me that this was a shock thing and it stunned him he was like i was just at work and my job is in a hospital so it shouldn't be a news story that yeah. i saved someone's yeah, life but yeah. it was because it is this this shock thing there of the but the other thing as well about like you say about putting money in i i agree with that but also it does see it like it's not working as a system as yeah. well like it, it, you know and it, it's again it's everything is about nuance because it's it's not working it doesn't need fixing but there's there's so many things like we spent 10 billion on a computer system that was never used in the nhs like it's such a fucking huge wastage but also you've got these bizarre contracts where um you you have to like you have to buy a dishwasher from a certain firm and those dishwashers are really expensive or like a microwave that costs like uh 50 quid versus you could get one for you know 10.99 or whatever like for the for the you know the hospital mess or whatever then there's there's all these weird contracts yeah. that could be unpicked so it's almost like if you put some like a proper troubleshooter in there to kind of go right Solve it. this is the thing yeah this it's is to stream to streamline it yeah. and and i think a lot of doctors will will back you up with that as well that because there's there's such kind of there's oceans of bureaucracy so if you just keep it's almost if you keep pu- pumping money into it at the minute yeah. that ain't going to fix it but it needs it needs money put in the right areas yeah. so it's 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 useful for a porter to know CPR yeah, like that, that's that's, handy. that is a tick yeah. but it's not useful to have the most expensive dishwasher no, when you could no have it just a that. cheap one you yeah. know what i mean or it's just little things like it almost needs someone with like really supersonic OCD to go in and tr- just like with it, like John Richardson could go in yeah. and, and like really cut all the fat out of the NHS. And, and that's the problem with so much council or government run stuff is people just get into that's how we do it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, how yeah, we've yeah. always done it yeah, rather yeah. than questioning it. There's yeah. so much in that area where it's like, well, that's the company we've always used. Yeah. It's like, are they the best company for it? Yeah. Are they the cheapest? It's the most affordable. But again, it comes down to it being multiple solutions and once again it comes down to the fact that we can take responsibility ourselves by not clogging up um the hospitals and a and e's every saturday and friday night because we're pissed yeah, and yeah. hurting ourselves and falling over and hurting other people and yeah there's a lot there um i'll start to to get towards at the, at the end as we approach the hour mark um i'm a massive sissy and right. 
the thing, literally every episode of Good News, I'd, I'd well up yes. on the Good News part. Yes. And I was delighted to see the Good Deeds section oh, in yes. this having that exact same effect All right. in episode one and episode two. Yeah. Just, just again, the, is that something that, I mean, you spoke about um, Scandinavia being a seemingly more happy society. Yes. Is that a conscious thing to go, well, look, it can't all just be doom and gloom. Yeah. We need the good news stories to come yeah. through as well. Because that seems to be almost the concept of good news. But now in, in, in the hour, you've got that. And I also want to talk about the kids. But yeah, that, that's kind of, it does yeah. feel like something that's to well, bring people around a bit. Yeah, well, that was the plan. I basically just thought it was, it was, it was, it came from reading that thing about Spike Milligan that he, um, he, he you know, he's a bit of an abs- absent dad and he was just constantly writing scripts for the goons. Yeah. Um, so he used to put little notes in his garden yeah. f- for, from the fairies and his kids would have no idea that they were written by their dad and they kind of opened them. So it was such a lovely idea. And then it just came back from that. I was like, right, the plan is to try and put out as many lovely, um, you know, to, to, to get people to share things they've done or things that have happened to them yeah. or encourage people to do really brilliant things. Because again, that is such a, it's such a con- connective thing that people love hearing about moments like that. Yeah. We've got this guy on this week that basically put out, he put a tenner, loads of 10 pound notes in a little envelope and he just put them around Cardiff and he, and he put a little note inside that said, this tenner is for you. But the only thing is you have to use this tenor for good. Yeah. So we did exactly that this week that I just put loads of tenors and I put them all around Labrick Grove where we make the show. Amazing. And we left a little note saying, right, here's your tenor, but you can, you have to use it for good. Yeah. So uh, take some photos or have a video and we'll show the best things you do. Yeah. So, and I just really like that because... What they- Day, did you put them out there? Are they, we put is that, there there's still going to be some out there when I, there'll I'm, be some, I'm leaving now, so I can. You could still bag it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the funny thing, and it'd be a real. Imagine if people just blag it. All, just, just, just think, one person collecting all of them. Choose Russell. On Friday, I think. Yeah, so it should be there. Yeah. But, but like, I don't know. I just like the idea of. of um, I, I love it when someone runs and catches the tube. Yeah. You know, as the doors are shutting. Yeah. I really love it when they make you it. You made it. Yeah. I don't like it when they don't. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like, there's kind of a lot of comics who are like, yeah, fuck off. Like, they're and really like, pleased yeah, that yeah. people don't make yeah, the tube. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I've always been a kind of make the tube kind of a guy. So, sto- <laughs> stories like that. And particularly, I don't know, I just really like little moments of, of beauty and little tiny or big things that just cheer you up. It's weird. I've got... Um, I just mentioned in the trains there, um, at my train station in Essex, Stamfordly Hope, um, it's got a long platform yeah. and we often have shorter trains yep. and people don't pay attention to how many carriages are there and, the, and w- w- one of the seats on the platform is way past where <laughs> the train stops and I'm not someone, I'm someone to have my headphones in, eyes yeah. down, not engaging, but that's the one thing that I regularly do is I'll see, I'll know there's only four carriages and yeah. they're sitting all the way down there and I'll give a little... I'll start to call them down early because yeah. I know that otherwise they're going to have to run for it and maybe not get on it. And, yeah. and again, it's, it's a nice a feeling. I'll still have my headphones in and not in, engage with them once they're on the train. Yeah. But um, it's, it's, it's the, that nice feeling of finding those small things to go, it doesn't put me out in any way. Yeah. And it just puts a little bit of loveliness around. You know, I kind yes. of, you know, I really like people and people can be amazing and they can do beautiful things. Like if, you, if you're feeling down, um, just watch footage of um, deaf people having these kind of hearing aids put in and they can hear for the first time. 
and it's just the best because and it's, it's such a human like that is a human brain that has invented a thing that is helping another person yeah. and they hear their loved one talk for the first time and it's impossible not to cry and feel proud to be a human being Think- and, th- th- and that's what i love about being alive that like those you have those moments where you're like fuck me i'm so glad that that we that we can do stuff like that you know the guy in his shed who had the th- oh, 3d printer what a human and made, being. made the the a, a simple design for artificial hands that for are free. more functional for yeah. free also put that design out there for free so people yeah. with their own printers can print them off yeah and does it all off donations yeah. and 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 again the looks on the faces of these kids who previously had uh, an nhs or whatever else arm that was completely unfunctional yeah, and yeah. unusable and but it's exactly what you're getting at as well is that 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 particularly more than ever we live in a real uh, refillable cele- celebrity world where mm. you know it's a lot easier to kind of just plonk on the latest thing that kim kardashian's done or the latest thing that brooklyn beckham's done yeah. and you can just refill once you've set all these things up you just refill it refill it and yeah here's a little twist on the thing you already know here's a little twist but we as human beings will never not be interested in someone that comes from nowhere like yeah. that guy yeah. and you hear his story and everyone wants to know it. So yeah. there's a guy called Kenton Lee who I'm fascinated. No one knows who he is, yeah. but he made shoes that grow with children's feet. So it's like, there's a little kind of hook oh, on wow. them. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they kind of gradually get bigger so that kids in Africa don't get kind of parasites in their feet. That's so amazing. they can have the one pair of shoes all the way through their life. Yeah. And, and I, I just, I, I had, I absolutely know that imagine if we lived in a world where instead of the Daily Mail um, sort of sidebar of shame, if that was filled with people like that from all around the world, of which there are many, and their own little story, the world would be better because you'd hear about that and you'd be inspired by that and you'd, or, or you'd kind of want to do that or you'd just be cheered up by that. But it's so much better for us rather than this sort of like just slew of hate and flesh. (laughs) And it's just... And I think, and I think that's a really important thing that w- w- any of us lucky enough to be kind of in the media that you have to show these other people that are ultimately far more interesting. Yeah. Because what we like, what we do, like particularly my TV show at the minute, it's reality TV. Yeah. And, it, and reality TV is being horrified by Trump's reaction to uh, you know b- b- you know being upset by what Trump said. Um, at the UN yeah and then the next day seeing say, people here every day. The, yeah yeah <laughs> they're seeing people here for the first time because of this device that's yeah. been made you know yeah, and I think yeah, that's yeah. what it is it's, it's, it's I think we do need to recalibrate the way we plug in because yeah. it's so easy now to just do the outrage part yeah um, and not do the engaging and beautiful but we, the fact is we do have the internet and social media so we can plug in to all these people and we can do something nice on a far grander scale yeah. than we could have ever, or even just spread, as you said, spread that good feeling on a far grander scale than ever before. Yet it's easier to just be angry at Trump. And just, yeah. I, I did a thing on, I was having a, I, I have love hate with social media and I had a little period where I was, I was down on it. And on my Twitter for a good th- three weeks, every tweet I did started with, I like, yeah. it was just something I like. And it was, yeah. w- one of them was literally, I like James A. Caster as a person and performer because yeah, yeah. he was just I just I'd watched him or I'd listened to him or something I was like he's just adorable yeah, and positive yeah. and lovely and yeah, yeah. I did that and it was good it didn't have the effect I hoped because <laughs> I realised it wasn't my Twitter stream that was bringing me down yeah it was 
delving into the broader stream and yes. going, oh, there's so much misery and ugliness. So it didn't, selfishly, it didn't have the change I was hoping. It was positive still and it was a yeah, good yeah, thing. Yeah, but yeah. I did kind of go, all right, if I want to solve my issue, I just need to come off social media yes. rather than try and change. But again, I think that the, the, we clone there. We clone James Acaster. Yeah. That, I mean, that'd be a perfect Lots solution. Of little, yeah. I often think that. Yeah. Loads um, of little Jameses. I've just finished reading his book and I highly recommend oh, it. Oh really? It's Is that just, the, uh, the scrapes? It's the scrapes. What's yeah. it called? Um, it's, it's something, yeah, it's, it's, it's all about his scrapes yes. and, the, and the issues he's, the problems he's had in life. And, it just makes me want to just if I wish there was a social media where you can just go on and you just watch whatever James is up to at the moment <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and just, and just be entertained by that. That yeah. would make me happier. Um, we can't do this podcast and not talk about the fact you've just done like the biggest tour ever kind of like you've yeah, just done a amazing. huge a world tour. Yes. Um, 10 nights, at the Royal Albert Hall, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is, a new record that was previously held by Sinatra and, and Barry Manilow, right? I think did eight oh, nights. So yeah. you've taken over there. Um, you've just done the biggest comedy show ever in China, I think it was. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, how's all that been? Comedy's, comedy's a tough one for translating around the world. Even just to America, it can be a tough one. So yeah. how's that been, kind of going out there and just, it working? It was great. It was really good fun. Like, uh, gigging in China was just so funny because you had a couple of pieces translated into mandarin right and that's kind of that blew up a lot in china Mate, on, honestly, on social media right that, that was sorry i'm just making a tea sorry everyone it's all right I, um so i had this there's a story i did ages ago about um there was a boy that i met this boy i met who um who basically defeated cancer this is a beautiful little story and I told it and it kind of went a bit weird this summer it kind of went mad yeah and it got translated into Mandarin and went mental so I was kind of walking around Shanghai I was only there for four days and people were kind of recognising me wow and they were kind of because some Chinese celebrity had put it on their Twitter on right. their Chinese Twitter and it yeah. had gone mad and we're so isolated it was from that so world. strange that's as big a world as Ma- America and the UK and everything it's yeah well people were point like poking me amazing and sort of you know <laughs> just kind of go oh you and the, the kid with the dick and you're like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, so it's kind of a what you heard <laughs> totally it was a bit weird and then um, yeah we just did this gig and it, it wasn't it was like there was a thousand people and um in, in Shanghai and the government there were to check whether I said you know whether I basically you know deviated from the script and I did and it yeah. was all fine it was just really it was just a normal gig and then we kind of left but that was like the whole tour really the whole thing was just you know I gigged in Scandinavia for the first time and uh, that was brilliant and you sort of realise you go yeah of course we've got loads in common with someone in Stockholm yeah of course you can do a gig there and then gigging in america i mean it's it's all on a far smaller scale than what i do in in england but yeah it's still like still like a thing of like you're doing like a 500 seater in stockholm and yeah. people are there and so you get to Man, be in a cool city it. and you get to do a gig and it's really great and you, you see different things or you're in finland i was in finland and i saw a guy um catch catch a pigeon in his hand yeah you know just that was trying to eat his chips and throw it away and you know there was all these kind of weird fun things and it was a bit like that so it was a real it's a perfect way of 
of seeing places really because you sort of get to travel around yeah and then chat about it at night and getting and, to do it all uh, and just the fact that there's people like it's such a buzz that like in when you when it first starts happening and you must know this that, that first thing when you you know when you travel somewhere and there's people waiting for you and you get to do your thing yeah. and they kind of know what it's going to be yeah. but then you're a better version of what they want yeah. it's the best it's because I've, 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 because I've, you've spent years getting to that point yeah. and then suddenly when people get like they hear about you and then they want to see you you're like well this is going to be great because yeah. I've been waiting 10 years I've been waiting to see you guys for ages. Completely. And now I'm yeah, here yeah, and you yeah. want me here. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And I've, I've rehearsed this date for 10 years. I, th- I think I've told this, this story before on the podcast, but I always remember when we were touring America for the first time yeah. and we got to Ames, Iowa, and the promoter was like, look, we've only sold 50 tickets. And I was genuinely like, dude, before this tour was booked, I didn't know what Ames, Iowa was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yet there's 50 people here who know what we are. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. It might have been 20 or 30. I can't remember. It was a low number. And it was like, yeah. this is amazing. And it was, it, was, it was one of our best gigs. Because yeah. we were literally like, just thank you for being yeah. here. And particularly when it's a gig, particularly with music, the smaller the crowd, the more self-conscious everyone's going to feel, yeah, yeah, the yeah. less they want to go mental. So it's like, you have to go even harder to go, thank you for not leaving. Because yeah, yeah, this yeah. is an uncomfortable scenario yeah, for you. Because yeah. you've come out to a gig and you're in a 200 ca- capacity room with like 30, 40 people. It's like, that means all, that means all the more that Completely. you're here and you're and you're sticking around. We had the same. I was I was did a gig in Boston and there was like 300 people and it yeah. was great. And yeah. like I think that's it. Is yeah, it, it kind of doesn't really matter if you love performing. It's just great. That's that's the thing. Yeah. And it's just and it's such a kick to kind of do gigs in Australia or China or Singapore or America or Norway. You know, it's just like God. And it, you often think of it. Sort of goes back to how you're raised as well. I think like the idea you sort of think of like little you in the back of your mum and dad's car, you know, kind of singing along to Madonna, you know, and going to like the seaside and that. And then suddenly you're kind of on stage at the Sydney Opera House. It's just mind-blowing, you know. And the cool thing about the Sydney Opera House gig is that I got my tour manager, Kumar, to come on stage and um, I got the whole crowd to chant his name. Amazing. It was beautiful. And, you know, so it was a real... That My main memory of the tour is just... Me and my mate Kumar, who also happens to be my tour manager, just having this lovely trip around the world. And also in a time of real turmoil and change. Yeah. So it was a really fascinating time to be, you know, being away from the UK during the election and, you know, things like Grenfell and the the, uh, terror attack in Manchester. So really seismic things were happening. And all the while we were travelling around, we were doing gigs, and the world was changing, and that's kind of how it feels at the minute, you know. In, in, and particularly being a comic, the world, because it's changing at such a pace and in, in such a different way that you've always got stuff to talk about and react well, that's to. It. You know? Connecting in all those different places makes it feel like a far smaller world. You yeah. realise how yeah. it is all connected. Completely, and all related. Yeah. Um, one of the important things, as anyone who's as busy as as you are, I think. Is, is, is keeping it enjoyable and interesting. And regardless of how well you're doing, if you're doing the same thing every night, it can get taxing, it can get exhausting. It can, it's, it's, still, it's still a job. No matter how much other people on the outside yeah. look and go, oh, that must be amazing. It's still, it's still work and it's still a job. And one of the things that I think, as soon as I saw it, I thought, that's done 
it's, it works perfectly as entertainment, but that's done for yourself as much as anything, is the talking to all the kids around the oh, world yeah, yeah. as part of the show. Because yeah, yeah. it just seems like you're having as, as so much fun there. And that's, that's a bit of work. You've yeah, got some yeah, work yeah. to do. But it's, talk, it's going into schools, and it was kind of two, two kids at a time each time. And yeah, I assume yeah. you had a list of subjects yeah. to discuss. And then each episode, it'll be, now we're going to discuss war. Yeah. And it'll be kids in Swansea and Bristol and... Yeah. Denmark and wherever else, yeah. Australia and all these places. How was that to just brilliant talk to these kids about about serious issues? Well, that was it. So while, all the while we were doing this tour, we would just we would just have a day in a school in Singapore, or we'd have like a day in a school in Toronto. Such a laugh! Like, Amazing. and we got so much footage, and just yeah, it was so funny. You just forget how. And sometimes really informative and sometimes just wild. And yeah, yeah I loved it. It I is just, the variation. There's from going it, from serious subjects that are being taken incredibly lightly by kids to yeah. to the two girls who I think are just absolutely insane. Who oh, yeah, the girls in Excited about having three <laughs> yeah. eggs in their mouth, I think, at one point. Yeah, yeah. But then to the two lads who've been quite a laddie and geezerish, and then one just goes, Can we, we stop talking about war now? I want to yeah. get onto another subject. Yeah. And it, it was done in a kind of kid on board of this subject way but it was also quite a beautiful thing to yeah be like, can we go on to something that's not war and terror and misery yeah, kind of there's thing one of my favorite bits from nowhere we were chatting to this girl in bristol and she was so just this really cute little girl and she just went um like um and it's we weren't even talking about i said what 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 jobs do you think you're important and she went i think it's really important to be a fireman i like i, I don't want to be a fireman but i th- I think it's important to be a fireman because they're going in there and they're running in fires and they're trying to put them out and and th- they should get paid more than footballers because at the end of the day footballers are just having fun <laughs> and it was such a brilliant perfect, way yeah. she wasn't trying to be funny yeah. there's nothing better like she was she, like and it was almost the perfect punchline and point yeah. but she's like and I, and I just was cracking up and then she's it's that weird thing when you you forget when you laugh at a kid they get a bit freaked out right yeah, because yeah, they're yeah. like oh, oh, oh what what what, what? And, and, and you're trying to say no 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 it's great yeah and that was the real thing that I learned that you kind of yeah you can't laugh at children because they get freaked out. It makes them step back a completely. Bit and, and yeah, go into themselves. Right. She was so cool that girl. Yeah, I, I love it. I love the removal of the acceptance that we've built up to certain things throughout our lives. There's, there's yeah. so much in our life that we're just like, oh, that's normal. Yeah. When it's like it's not, and 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 footballers versus firemen ways yeah. is one. I I still maintain that. What, why do we accept Madame Two Swords as a normal thing? Yes. <laughs> Mate, I'm it's exactly a big with room you. Where Fucking right. Wax versions and they of look humans. Fuck all like and them. people queue up for hours, hours. And we go there and go look at the wax version yeah, of the yeah. person. It, That's mental. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not. It's totally. It's, it's a major it's tourist attraction in London. You it's are completely terrifying. Right. What I don't understand it at all. There's also there's imagine another. pitching it now if it didn't exist. <laughs> Some guy going. On, on Dragon's Den. Oh, <laughs> oh, what you can do? Well, I'm going to get all this wax. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to carve it into the shape of famous people. Yeah, is it going to look Security? like Security? Oh, no, no, <laughs> no. no, no. Like It'll be passable. It's terrifying. Fucking right. But there's tons that... There's one in, I think that's the beauty of talking to children, because they will call us out on that bullshit. Yeah, Whereas yeah, we're yeah. like, well, no, that's just normal. It's like, no, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's but dead weird. There's one in Blackpool <laughs> as well. Have you seen that? But it's, no, I don't Yeah, it's so. the sister of... 
I think it's called like Barry Barry Tussauds or something yeah. like that. Like a genuinely, yeah, yeah, brilliant. It, but it's like a knockoff version of Madame Tussauds. Excellent. So it's it's I, but it's like sort of Z, like so it's like you know Jack Duckworth, amazing, like just people oh. like that. So it's really like lo-fi. Fuck yeah. this, let but stinks of chip fat and fagash. I love it. Of and course just, it does, okay. as it should do, yeah. as it should do. Such a good point though, man. Why? But, and yeah, every time, because weirdly, I live, I, you know, as I, I travel past it quite a lot yeah. and I often think that you walk past, there is always a huge queue yeah. and there's such a big queue that they have Mad. people and friends of mine uh, in the past, comedians had jobs where they had to entertain the queues yeah. because the queues were so big. Yeah. They would be walking around entertaining the crowd. How so it's an industry that's never going away. How damaging is that, though? You're a real person. Yeah, yeah. And your job is the warm-up yep. for pieces of wax. Yes. You're warming them up. They're like, <laughs> let's get, I hope we get past this real yeah. human who's an yeah. entertainer but so we can get to the, the big bits of wax Have you ever quickly. been? I haven't. Why would you go? I've never been I don't either. know. I, yeah. I, I, no, I think I must have as a kid, a kid actually, because right. there's a photo yeah, of photo. me and my brother <laughs> with not Mr. T. Yes. So I can only assume it's a wax version, <laughs> unless we met someone that was just dressed up as Mr. T and yeah. was a bit static. But yeah, it's a, it's but a You are so one. right, though. It's when you kind of, you sort of realise that these things are just absurd. These like Seymour Mace right. had a lovely joke about that. He's a brilliant uh, uh, Geordie comic. And he was just sort of saying, the, f- the first time a dog, first time you pick up a dog shit, they must be so confused. Yeah. Like, and, it, and it is that beautiful thing. We just take that for granted. That's what yeah. we do. But the first time that dog does that, and then you, you pick it up, they must be like, whoa. What? Because what we don't do that. Into? We, like if a horse shits in the street, yeah. the dog must be looking at you that first time going, go on. Go on. What? So it's just mine. This must be like Christmas for you. So you're only picking up mine. Okay. Um, right. but, yeah, very specific. but there's loads. It's a really interesting thing. There's so much stand up in that about, and kids have got such a perfect way of looking at stuff. Yeah. It's very interesting. I've only ever done stand up for kids once. Um, and I just couldn't do it because that you, it, being self deprecating doesn't work yeah. in front of five year olds because yeah. all the stories are the, the, the prince gets the girl and the princess is beautiful and, yeah, they, and they kill, the, the ugly people die and the fatty falls over. Yeah. And that's what it is. Whereas, you know, that like adult humor is about you looking like a burke or, yeah, you know, so you're stood there kind of deflecting and being rubbish. It's, and they're it's, like, this guy's a prick. It's, why, it's, is, why is he glad of all yeah, this failure? <laughs> completely. But it's, it's bizarre how much our society is still built around that and, 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 and accepts that. The whole, mm. I, I remember, I think it was a comedian, talking, I can't think who now, but was talking about the disgracefulness of, of, of Susan Boyle, yes. of that phenomenon. Because it was like the, the emotion that we all felt because this unappealing person could sing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We should feel guilty there that we're all looking, going, "This is going to be disgusting." Yeah. Oh my god, it's beautiful. It's like, why? Why would? Why were we assuming it was going to be? Yeah, yeah, shit. Because yeah. yeah. she doesn't look like a pop star or whatever. That, and like, that is it. Yeah. But that's but that's one of the great. Again, I remember watching that and welling up, and it was a beautiful thing. It's like. It's not beautiful. It's beautiful in the constraints of our society. Yeah, yeah. It's not beautiful if you step outside of that because all of the beauty comes from the fact, look at that piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. actually, there's talent and it's like, 
that's ugly yeah. as anything. But yeah, anyway, I'll wrap things up now. Where can people keep up to date on everything? What um, the telly show? Uh, Russell Howard Hour is on Sky and, and Now TV. Yeah, Thursdays at ten o'clock. Matt, that is it. Amazing. And where can and you're on social media as just as Russell Howard? I think right? so. Yeah, I don't really know. It's probably uh, yeah. something like that. It's I, easy to find. People have got yeah. Google, right? Just put Russell Howard and find me. You'll find yeah. it. It's easy. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. I really for enjoyed that. Time. Man. It's it was been a pleasure. Lovely chat. Thank you. That was episode 173 with Russell Howard. How lovely was he? Um, yeah, I was so pleased to have him on. We really, we could have, as you can see, we could have talked for hours and hours and hours, um, but we, we reined it in and left it there. I do recommend his his Russell Howard Hour. I think it's a great show. It's a great mixture of shows he's done in the past. And just, as I say in, in this episode, I think it's an imp- it could be an important show. It's it's not the solution, but it's part of a a, a broader solution um, of the, discussing important things in accessible manners. But yeah, there's that. Um, I should mention that on no- November 25th, we have the last uh, We Are Lizards club night of 2017 at the book club. It'll be me, regulars Chris and Stu from the uh, Hardcore Listing podcast and the Drunk Cast, uh, DJ Destruction, Discotech credits, and we're joined by Hugo of the Maccabees, previous Distraction Pieces podcast guest, and Lindy Layton, the legend Lindy Layton. So come along to that, November 25th. If you want to get on the, if you've seen on the night, I often post a video or Instagram story of the queue, because it tends to be going all the way around the corner, and that always excites me, even though it happens regularly. So if you want to get on the queue jump list, send your names to info at thetrashsociety.com. Yeah, that's where you head for that. Also, I mean, that email address is run by Stu from Hardcore Listing and The Drunk Cast. So if you want to sling some abuse in there, you're welcome. Sling your names and a bit of abuse, then go ahead and do that. I'll be back next week with a guest I haven't announced yet, but it's a very, very good one. And then I'll be back with just every week with loads of good guests. It's... There's a lot going on. Trust. Thank you very much for tuning in. This has been the Trash Piece Podcast, episode 173. Ah, I stuttered right at the end. I got through the bulk of this outro without stuttering, and then big old stutter. (sighs) Ta-ta.